Thanks for joining us. We're going to do something differently today, Jared. We're going to we're going to little sidestep. Yeah, we're going to halt our usual programming, and we're going to go for something a comedy. Now, why did we pick this comedy, Jared? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, this was a staple a of our early twenties. Yes, and obviously does have a connection in that. You know, it was right around the time that Jennifer Love Hewitt was. You know, I know what you did, did last summer. summer, so there was there was some crossover there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We went to two movie marathons. Just we saw it in two movie marathons. Yeah. Yes, and it was the it wasn't the peak. No, it was no, just it was like just the, the tack on yeah. that turned it. into our fucking favourite thing of, of the marathon. So, from my perspective, I saw this movie three times in the cinemas. Yeah. Two movie marathons. Yeah. The film that we're talking about is 1998's Can't Hardly Wait, mm. uh, which is a you know, coming of age slash high school picture. So, we're going to cover that, but we're going to do our usual sort of whip round and the like. Jared, you've been on leave, is that correct? I have. I have. So you should have a reasonable resume here. Yeah, I went back to I went back to work for four weeks and thought I needed a fucking holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been off for a week. All right, I got a fair bit too. Yeah, to, to yeah. trawl through. So I'll keep I'll kick it off from the TV side of things. I watched the first season of Barry. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Darker than I anticipated. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Henry Winkler gets quite a few laughs. Uh, Overall, quite good. I watched the season Welcome to Wrexham on Disney Plus about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying the Wrexham Football Club. I thought it was going to be a piss take, and it turned out to be really, really good. Yeah. Barring a couple of episodes where they leaned too far into having a, a laugh. Yes. Where I thought they, they they sort of felt like they missed a mark on that. Yep. But other than that, I thought it was very um, complimentary towards the town, the players, the staff, and the two of them seemed like they actually gave a shit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty uh, pretty engaging, really. Like the the fact that Rob McElhenney especially is is very much not a it. soccer fan, but was very much a sports fan. And He's the, the driving force. Yeah, the engagement with the community gives it some real heart, and yeah. and like the fact that the majority of it is actually the community, not not those two. Yes, yes. And it, it kind of shows it from both sides, which is which is good. And I did um, love the fact that they they sucked piss with the with the guys the at the pub and took and their got shit. Told, yeah, got told got the fucking this isn't good enough and that's not good enough yeah, and yeah. took it. Yeah, got told sack the coach nine games in. Yeah. Oh, fuck! Imagine if they'd have done that. <laughs> exactly. Given that we know where it's all gone, I also like that. You know, they set up that bloke. He's one of the locals, and he starts going, oh, I'm a painter. I've been a painter. But, you know, my dad was a painter. Yeah. My grandfather was a painter. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah. And he basically fucking sums up what this this means to some people. Look, it works for the show. I also think this is why sports is fucking problematic for some people. Because, yes. yeah, they say it means all this to you, but you end up taking out, out all your shit. From the stuff that you hate, yes. On you know when your team's going badly, like you know, but both you and I have had heavy involvements in sports. Still do. I mean, I'm fucking doing it every every day of the week. I'm doing coaching and things like that with with sports clubs, and I absolutely love aspects of it. But I also think there's a lot lot of issues with it. And I look at this, and I'm I'm like, if I was in that situation, I would probably be the same. You're looking for that outlet 
But then you would also have all these issues that are just getting fucking spewed onto the players. And yeah, yeah, exactly, like exactly. Um, and look, you know, but the show itself does a really great job of encapsulating all that sort of shit. And yep, and, and I think that really the, entertaining. The two of them seem committed to it. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yes, That's I love when uh, Ryan Reynolds came to shoot the commercial too. And the commercial's quite amusing, but then you get that trainer, trainer bloke going, this is fucking bullshit. We've got a game on. Yeah, I know, and that's included in there. I love the fact that you see Reynolds going, or McElhenney or someone going, isn't that the guy that was, uh, <laughs> he's hugging him. You know, a minute ago, he was telling us this was fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I really enjoyed that. I watched the first episode of FUBAR. Ooh. How did it go? Shit house. Is it Arnie trying comedy again? Yes. It looks more skewed to the comedy. Well, let me put it to you this way. It's basically true lies. Yeah. Just really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like the CBS true lies that they recently put out as well. Yeah. The TV yeah. series that got cancelled after a yeah. season. I'll tell you when Arnie comedy works. When it's a cheeky grin and a quip in the midst of like... Ball tearing action sequences. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell yeah, you yeah. when it doesn't work. When Arnie's setting up punchlines. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, because Arnie doesn't know this is a punchline to set up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the problem. The only good thing in it is he's got two, like, um, offsiders in the CIA. Uh, I think one of them's played by the guy who played Trent in Friday the 13th remake. Yeah, right. And those two get laughs. Like, yep. Because they're the, they're the background sort of taking the piss out of him. And that works. But the show in itself, it doesn't work at all. Hmm. And Arnie is not a good enough actor to, to nuance something. <laughs> and that the, his daughter in the show is the girl who was in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, okay. And she doesn't convince as a badass at all. Like, it's just fucking... It's so generic. I was just like, Arnie, what are you doing? I guess... Netflix, it was the number one show in, on Netflix for two weeks running or something. So, that, what the fuck does Arnie care? Well, that's it. It's another another example of it's just... It's another red notice. Yeah. They're not making stuff to be remembered and to... And they should be because if you want people to continue to subscribe, you know, 20 years down the track, this shit's going to matter. But right now, it's just... We just want every fucking Friday you've got something new to watch with a big star in it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This it doesn't is a, matter if it's fucking good or not. This is a strange show that I found, um, a reality show I found on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Have you ever seen Forged in Fire? No. Were they forged blades? No. It was an offshoot of that. It involved <laughs> using a knife to cut through an obstacle course. <laughs> Guess who's the host, Jared? <laughs> Guess who's the host? Oh. Bill Goldberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> How does, how does Bill are you now? Are you now thinking I'll check this out? No, I'm it's not. called Knife or Death. I'm not. I'm not. How, how does Bill go? Initially, he was a bit clunky. <laughs> he was doing a lot of yelling. Initially, he was a bit clunky. Towards back end, he's a bit clunky. <laughs> no, no. He he leads into it. <laughs> like Bill's perfectly fine as host. Look, the premise is you just. You told that. me here's a five minute here's a five minute YouTube clip of some bloke running through an obstacle course with a knife and Bill Goldberg. You check it out. It. I'd watch the clip. Yeah. And I'd say that was kind of fun. I would watch it again, mate. <laughs> you're telling me you're watching a whole fucking series of things. Thankfully, it was eighty six episodes. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now. It's fucking ludicrous. <laughs> like, it's ludicrous. Can I just tell you... Uh, it lasted last episode. I believe last episode you were 
commenting on what I'm doing with my time. <laughs> Correct. I'm wasting it in this case. And, my, and I think my wife, me and my wife are watching it, and she just eventually said to me, look, I can't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> she said it's just the same shit every time. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> we'll Good. leave it. So that's my TV watching. Yep. Now into my movie watching. I watch Fletch. Yeah. The original the Fletch. Original. Where'd you find that? Binge. It was on Binge. Yep. And so is Confess Fletch, the yes, new one. the new so one. I want to check that out too. Yep. Fletch is good. Mm. You know, it's Chevy Chase at his best. Yeah. And I, uh, I heard he's a rampant fuckwit. He's a real asshole. Yeah, he's a rampant asshole, but that one works. Because mm. it kind of actually does balance a little bit of drama with the humour. Yeah. It doesn't just go all humour. And him getting a proctological exam is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the entire movie. <laughs> Uh, I watched a shark movie called Maneater, also on Binge. Holy shit, Jared. Holy shit. If we're still looking for that Jaws successor, it's not here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I might have watched that one. It's awful. Yeah. Awful. I can't... I, I Bad special the, effects. I recall the title. I think I may have seen it, but yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. I watched Torn Hearts. Yep. The so Blumhouse picture. About the country singers, the two, the two girls, uh, the country group who go out to their idol's home. Yes. And things get a bit weird. Mm. Look, it didn't work. Excellent idea. The idea was cool, and there was some things where I thought they were gonna sort of nail it. Yep. But then they didn't. They just Katie kept Katie Siegel's. Sort of, Katie really Siegel good. is excellent. Mm. Like, it's a real good performance, and. Can sing too. Can sing. I actually found out, like, I, I didn't actually realise she was a singer until fucking um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Where she did a lot of soundtrack work. She can sing, mm. but also the performance is nuanced. Like, it's fucking. There's something about the way she does it that's kind of like something's off. You know what I mean? Like, like she's, she's hospitable, but yeah. there's something fucking wrong. Yep. And I, I, if she wasn't in it, it, I wouldn't have fucking even looked at it. No. I probably would have gone straight past it. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was a Blumhouse, I was, would have probably been well, like, well, I don't know. It was another one of these ones. The thing for me was, I knew going in, it probably wasn't going to be a real winner because... It's one of their dump. It was Blumhouse, but then, yeah, it came as part of one of these TV deals that came up with another one, which I believe you might have watched as was well. Was that The Uninvited? Unhuman. Unhuman. No, I didn't yeah. watch that one. I did. But um, it's there. But then... Yeah, we hadn't heard anything about it, and all of a sudden it pops up on screen, streaming. And it was like, oh, okay. So going in, I was like, you know, if it's a good Blumhouse one, we would have heard some buzz, we would have got some yeah. something of it. But, yeah, I agree. I thought her performance was really cool. I was I was engaged with the idea initially. But it just kind um, of falls apart. Yeah, it was a little bit slow, and I kind of got where they were going in the end, but it just took a long time to get there. Exactly. I watched Deadstream on yep. uh, Shudder. That was really good. Mm. Yeah. Like, as far as those found footage type of films go, and it was almost a little bit like The Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. But it was really well done. Like, really well done. So I was very impressed with that. Jared, me and a bloke at work, we're, we're doing like a... It's Action Hero Week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll say it's Statham Week. Golf Lundgren Week. Lundgren Week. During the last few weeks, it was Robert Zadar week because mm. um, he went for a deep cut. So what do I watch? Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop. 
What the fuck is that? <laughs> Hugely entertaining. Hugely <laughs> entertaining. And why is his partner always going, Ooh. I don't know. He sort of, every know. time something gets said, he's sort of like, you cut to the partner going, Ooh. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was the one also where the guy had cut his hair yes, and, yes, it and they yeah. brought him back, so he's got a ridiculous wig on in yeah, certain scenes. Correct. And, um, and there's Zadar, also a the, the most magnificent chin in magnificent Hollywood chin. history. He throws himself into a sex scene as well, which is very <laughs> unappealing. Scares <laughs> <laughs> you off. Scares you off sex for a while. <laughs> I thought about cutting my dick off. <laughs> But then I thought better of it. <laughs> I felt like that was um yeah. that was hurting me, not Robert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be too impulsive with this stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, it was only hurting me. Not even my wife was fucking hurt by that. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like I'll cut the fucking thing off. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking low, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's all right for me to lay the booty to the stage. <laughs> pretty much scissoring uh, anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Off that, off that, off that. But there's also a scene where they're in the ho- at the hospital and some fucking random nurse world wanders out and says, I did so would you like to fuck me? And you say, well, I would, but I'm just racing the cover dick off. That's why I'm here. So. And then the bloke, of course, goes, yes, I would. And like that. And fuck. I was just sitting there going, well, I felt uncomfortable with that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, that one's a... It's a fucking... It's a, it's, it's a laugh, right? It's, it's a, a little bit like Miami Connection. It's a, bit, yeah, it's a bit like Hard Ticket to Hawaii yep. and that sort of shit. But yep. I mean, it's very badly made. Oh, shockingly. Cheap as chips. Shockingly, yeah. And, of course, Tubi was fucking fucking up and rewinding little bits yeah. of it. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a fucking 90-minute movie that took 110. But honestly... So, uh, did you did you jump straight onto part two, which I think was also on Tubi? It is on there, but I did not. I believe it's like just recently. Yeah, it was only a couple of years ago. Jesus Christ! It's got the same same bloke. Yeah, just that one guy, or oh, I don't know. I'm sure they pulled a couple of other people back in, but we we watched the mother on Netflix. Mm. Classic fucking Revenger, you know, like the Equalizer or Taken or any of those. Mm. It just has a woman in the lead. House of Wax. House of Wax is an interesting one. Mm. Some of the wax, like once they get to the House of Wax, is kind of creepy. Yeah. Like that shit where he gets basically turned into a wax dummy when he's still alive. Yeah. And they kind of show the whole process. It's it's horrific. Yeah. And the effects are excellent. Yeah, effects are excellent. The whole wax, they I believe they actually built the fucking wax museum mm. and then they melted down at the end. I thought that, that stuff was great. But I'll tell you what I cannot cop to. Chad Michael Murray's fucking sort of tough guy shtick. Honestly, people would laugh. Like, as soon as you start fucking giving me this brooding crap, we would just go, listen, That's can you me. just hop on the bus and fuck off? We've had enough of you. Yeah. It's all right. So we then moved into, because he'd gone with a deep cut with Robert Zadar, I decided to go with a deep cut with a guy by the name of Oliver Grenier. Mm. Mm. French. Mistake. 
French um, Van Damme sort of clone. Yeah, yeah. And so I watched Angel Town. <laughs> yeah, Fucking mistake. Shit ass. <laughs> Although, again, these movies make me... I, I, what was going on back then? But he turns up, he's about to head overseas, he's about to fly out of France to America, become a marine biologist or something. And he, he goes to the he goes to the cemetery yep. to say sort of to say to his dad, look, I made it or whatever. And this woman just turns up. I think it's his missus or whatever, and she's wearing a fur coat. And he says, "What are you doing here?" And she's like, "I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave." And then she just drops a fur coat and she's in the nude. And they start getting it on in the cemetery. What's wrong with that? Right, <laughs> 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 yeah, know. no, it's uh, weird. There's a lot of that going on in the action yeah, you, 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 they, they Just didn't seem like. They just couldn't go without... Instead of just some bloke kicking ass for the whole movie, yeah, they yeah, had to remind us that any woman that walked on the scene oh. was like, ooh. Yeah. Hey. I'll tell, tell you something, though. Oliver can put his foot fucking fair up people's bums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, make no mistake about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Oliver's... Because he wasn't the one that actually had legit... Yeah, he had legit, yeah, definitely legitimate. And looks pretty good on camera, even though it's not greatly directed. Acting? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Can put his foot in your ass and break it off, but can't. He mangles the English language <laughs> okay. like Van Damme, okay. too. Yep. So it was that, he has that early Van Damme stuff, but he never sort of took off. No. He went back into some shit like Nemesis. How did your friend take Oliver Grunier? Not well, either. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty unhappy about all Called off action movies. But then, right? I, then I told him, well, fuck, mate, you had me on Samurai Cop a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. And he said, fair. <laughs> fair, I'll get up with that. Went back to Netflix. We watched a drama called Four Good Days mm-hmm. with uh, Mila Kunis and Glenn Close. Not particularly great movie. Not a lot really happens, but performances are excellent. Like, and it's kind of it's heavy, mm. you know, um, about you know uh, a daughter trying to re, re, re um, establish a connection with her mum while she's going through rehab, and she's you know she's been to rehab fucking fifteen times, and yep. So it's pretty harsh, it's hard sort of stuff. I went to the cinema. To watch the John Farnham documentary, mm. Finding the Voice. I tell you what, that poor cunt couldn't get picked up. Oh no! That guy could not imagine, get picked up. Imagine having a voice like that. <laughs> no one wants to fucking sign it. Yeah, I'll put it out right now. That motherfucker's got one of the greatest vocal oh. abilities ever. Oh, without doubt. <laughs> without <laughs> doubt, he couldn't, be... couldn't cut a deal. Oh, I'm not joking. That guy would be in the top three or four. Yeah, out yeah. there. You listen to Prime Fonzie. Oh, fuck. He can fucking hit anything. Well, I told you about fucking anthems. Kind of a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to reiterate. You've never forgiven. Oh, I've never forgiven. You've never forgiven Daryl Braithwaite. I've never forgiven Daryl Braithwaite. Or the guy at the Gosler Bay shop who licked his fucking fingers before he picked it up and gave it to me. <laughs> Fuck. Good gig. Good yeah, gig. great gig. Yeah. <laughs> I got Wilkins. Stumped, I got <laughs> Dickie Wilkins absolutely his face. <laughs> Getting progressively more drunk as he yeah, yeah, introduced yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then proceeded to just leave the stage in a half. <laughs> I'm uh, surprised memo, I haven't done it again. Memo to Dicky. Memo to Dicky. Get pissed after. 
<laughs> at least wait till nine thirty to start kicking, like really kicking into it. <laughs> When someone says fucking, let's knock over some bloody you know, couple of shots at seven thirty. Yeah, yeah. Think better yeah, on yeah. it, mate. You've got to, you know, you've got a couple of lines every hour. <laughs> Great from six thirty on. Yeah, let me let me just make it clear to you, Dick. The more alcohol, the less the quality of the fucking vocal that the words are, mate. Yeah, I mean yeah. we've all been there. Don't think you're special because you're not. I mean, I'd imagine from the way you were talking, I was I was thinking by the time he got up to intro, John Farnham, he was sounding like fucking Farmer Friend. Or something. <laughs> he was. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of this group of blokes behind is fucking heckling him big time. <laughs> oh my god, get us another drink, will you, Ricky? <laughs> it was great. Oh, I was in fucking stitches. <laughs> but I will say this Daryl Braithwaite, he sounded like he's had his throat cut. <laughs> but Farnsey comes out, and by this stage, Jared, it's freezing cold. I've got fucking food poisoning from the goddamn dude. I'm pretty upset. <laughs> All the performers have been pretty lacklustre. Yeah. Vocally. Yeah. The only one who still cuts the mustard, other than Farnsey, was Kate Sobrano. Fuck, you could have heard, you know what? You could have heard fucking Kate Sobrano on the other side of the fucking park. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking clean as a whistle. But <laughs> Farnsey right, comes right. in. Farnsey, Joe Cavalieri, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. But, oh, so I'm pretty dirty by this stage. Yeah. Farnsey comes out, fucking goes straight into it, and I'm not joking, that guy's holding the fucking mic about a foot away from his yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I could hear, he was, and, and everyone was fucking up on their feet. They yeah, yep, yep. So the guy's a fucking weapon. Yeah, so that was just a... That was just a brief moment of absolute magic in the concert before it finished and no one could fucking get home. No, that's right. right. <laughs> 24 hours to get home. It was almost a fucking stout. <laughs> what a gig. <laughs> Subsequently, it's never happened again. <laughs> fucking duck. It was a rough patch. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good doco. It's just interesting to realise that this bloke could not get a gig. Yeah. Um, with anyone. Yep. Yet his vo- vo- his vo- vocals were fucking unbelievable. Mm. And if, you know, and yeah, what? They actually fucking recorded your voice when they shouldn't have. Because that was a song written by someone else and they actually had the guy who wrote it in there. Yeah. And he's like, they said, Do you, are you okay for these guys to record it? And he was like, fuck no, I don't want <laughs> That boy. No, no, John Farnham, I fucking don't know anything about him. Yeah. No, they're not allowed to. And then they did it anyway. And then he heard it, and he was like, fuck. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> well, even Marksy, they had Richard Marks on there. Yeah. And his response was, who's this guy? <laughs> he says, I hear him, and I'm like, who the fuck's this bloke? <laughs> yep, yep. So the guy had a fucking fantastic... The man's a national treasure. Yeah, simple. yeah. Yep. And, and unfortunately, we're going to see the end of Farnsey sooner rather than later, I I think. Well, that's that's the the, the, the male. The male. I mean, that's that's generally pretty good odds of that when you're in your seventies. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> but you know, some guys punch through to ninety. Yeah, like, I get yeah. the feeling that Farnsey's not going to make it. No, I look, he's obviously crook. He's crook. Yeah, I don't think he'll sing again. I know that much. No, I, I don't think he will. <laughs> Christ, I was surprised his voice hadn't fucking blown out before that. I know. I mean, I watched him. It wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago. I saw him performing when the war is over in the nineties. 
Fuck me. <laughs> the bloke was just... He was just ripping at the highest fucking <laughs> no. register. And as you said, I reckon the, mo- the mic was fucking two feet yeah. away. Yeah. And you could hear it clear as a bell. Like, and I saw a YouTube video with an American vocal coach. Yeah. And she's just like, fuck. This place She's like... You can hear, she says, oh, you can hear all this, like, nuance and shit in there, and he's pushing, he's pushing to make it, you know, the, the sound, uh, to give it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, he's barely breaking stride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not even breathing hard. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, well, fuck, he must have, he must have just had, like, he, the bloke's just a weapon. Yeah. I saw similar about a year and a half, two years ago, of an American bloke that loves, like, the soul music, and someone said he, when something is wrong with my baby, yeah. and he hadn't heard of Barnsley or Barnsley. Yeah. And he watches it, and Barnsley's going, he's like, oh, jeez, who's this guy? I love the growl in his voice and whatever. And then, you know, they, they sing the chorus. He's like, I don't, I've never heard of these, like, how have I never heard of these guys? Then they get to the second verse where Farnsey takes over the lead vocals. It starts belting. He's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. Yeah, it was, it was a good doco. It was a good doco. And yeah, actually I'll have to check it out. ended with a little bit of emotion too, which I thought was was good. Hmm. And the last one for me, we sat down yesterday and watched The Whale. So did I, and I've got a funny story, Adam, but I'll let you talk about it first. Not a lot happens, mm-hmm. and it's a slow burn. Yep. I thought the ending was really good. I think that's yeah. where it kind of really finds its, you know, it, it actually digs into the emotion there. I think that's that's really its its key key piece. Yes. Uh, I think Brendan Fraser is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I can kind of see why he won the Oscar, and I, I feel like... That was like the perfect storm for him. He was back on the scene. It was a well-regarded film, working with, you know, a highly regarded filmmaker. And, and you know, he'd kind of had this interesting career. Him, him working through the, um, the awards season, especially with the young bloke, the guy who was in Indiana, Indiana Jones, mm. they'd, been, they'd been friends for years and stuff. There was kind of a really nice thing about that whole... Awards season for those guys, uh, and but the performance is excellent. I didn't feel like it was brilliant, no. But I felt like there were moments that were really good. Yeah, I agreed. I'll tell you my my story about that. Was that that was that your last one? That's it. Yeah. Good segue. Yeah. So, as I said, I, I recently had a holiday. Yeah. A friend of ours who, uh, you know, we may end up getting on the show shortly because I've got a little challenge for him. But you know, to toss yeah. out to him, had been telling me I got to watch the whale for the last little bit. So here I am, propped up on the plane. Uh, my family was in a three-seat and I was in a four across the aisle, so I'm sitting with two strangers. And so I kick off the whale. Oh, I think I might know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maddie can understand how I'm feeling because my friend failed to tell me that two minutes in, Brendan Fraser is fucking furiously masturbating. I <laughs> 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 can sit there... <laughs> I've had to quickly hit the pause button. The lady next to me is kind of looking side eye at me, and I'm like, "Fucking hell!" I've had to like hit this. the fucking skip it. Skip it. <laughs> so I quickly fired off a message as soon as I got to my destination, going, what? "Thanks a fucking lot for <laughs> giving me a heads up that I was about to be fucking hit with a, a scene of Brendan Fraser fucking jerking off." 
<laughs> uh, uh, yes, uh, was met stuff. with yeah, good stuff. Good, that's good, good, interesting. But I agreed. I, I, I didn't love it. I, I thought same as you. I thought the acting was really good. I thought it was a solid piece. But and the ending hit a winner. But I tell you, I know there was criticisms of him playing, you know, a guy in the fat suit and all that sort of stuff. I actually thought the sequences of him eating was played like a fucking Simpsons episode. Yeah. It was... I was kind of uncomfortable watching that. And yeah. And I was like, oh, jeez. I don't know if that's that's treating people with the dignity. No, <laughs> dignity and it wasn't. Like it that. wasn't. So, so, yeah, I can see a few of the issues around it. I've also got my own thoughts on, you know, the, the acting kind of conversation that was around that. But overall, I thought it was pretty solid. Hmm. <laughs> Another story on this one, I watched a film called Hoot. Adam. Oh, is that a kids' film? It's a kids' film. I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how this came about. Oh, Christ, have you mentioned Furious Masturbation <laughs> no, in no. relation to this film? I was called in for a day at work. No. And so I got put on a put on a particular class. So you put Hoot on? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> because, fuck, that's how no, no. my teachers used Listen to do. Listen to this. Listen to this. I got put onto a particular class, right? I think it was year six. And I got told, I had a little note on my schedule when I, when I walked in there that said, no, no plans. Just talk to the year six teachers. So I was like, okay. But then I was put on a duty in the morning. So I'm fucking sitting there going, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to have time to look at the plan. I'm going to be up there fucking fumbling through a lesson. I get over there and I get told, oh, first lesson, you're watching a movie called Hoot because they've just finished reading the book. And I was like, whew, thank God. We'll go right up to recess. We're watching a movie. Good. So I've, I've put on Hoot, you know, done a little bit of crowd control, get through recess, I get to the next class and the teacher goes, we're watching a movie called Hoot. <laughs> We've just finished reading it. Like, oh, okay. shit. So I spent two-thirds of a teaching day watching Hoot. Oh, my God. Jared, what's Hoot like? Is it, it, wasn't great, it wasn't a great oh. movie. Uh, you know, it, it reminded me a little bit of something like Holes. Holes is a better movie, but, and, and you know, but... It was something like that. But okay. anyway, more. Uh, I think my story was probably more entertaining than the movie. Correct. <laughs> At least you didn't have to tell it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved on to a moved on to Unhuman. Yep. So I watched Torn Hearts and Unhuman back to back. Okay. How was Unhuman? Unhuman wasn't great. Wasn't no, great. Another. Oh, yeah. Well, you can see why Blumhouse has dumped this again. It's just classic Blumhouse. It's the recipe, right? The idea has some legs. It had an interesting kind of bent to it, but I started to feel some problems coming along. My old friend from Halloween 2018, oh, Drew Scheid, I believe You don't called. like that guy, do you? I don't love his acting. He played a prominent role. What so was the was other movie of, that he was in? And the other, the other lead, well? the other lead is the act is one of the actresses that was in the I Know What You Did Last Summer oh, series. God. Jesus Christ. So She's you, actually a good actress. I'll so you, you, credit, you, were, you were struggling. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> but Drew Scheid, I just can't come around to him. You can't come around to the book. I can't come around to I, him. The only time I can come around to him is when Michael Myers is in pain on the car <laughs> fucking <laughs> raw <laughs> iron fits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Michael Myers is putting a fucking raw iron fence through his door and I can go for it. Yeah, no. I didn't... Didn't like didn't like that one so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, what did you think? To cinemas to, to check it out. Pretty much exactly what you said. Was yeah. got exactly what I expected. It looked to me like they just said, "Let's take the Evil Dead formula, put it in a setting where we can shoot it for fucking ten million dollars yeah, or less, yeah. and then just 
Gore um, it up big time. Gore it up. Get a few really cool moments. Yep. But yeah, it's just another fun entry into the franchise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really. They're not. They're not going too far outside of it too. Had a little bit of humour in there as well and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was pretty solid. Another cinema trip. Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Liked it a lot. I've heard nothing but reasonable things. I thought you would have gone to Fast X. No, I haven't got to that yet. But I will. I will. I think um, the, I think the shine might have come off the fast films. Well, financially there's, there's as well. Two more. I know, but it's financially you know, they're spending a lot of money on that shit and it's yeah. not making the kind of money it used to. I don't think the they billion should dollar films would be gone. Like on, yeah. They're long, they're gone. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, really liked Guardians Three. The the Interesting thing was it was detached from the whole Kang stuff. Yeah. Like, it wasn't part of the bigger picture, which I think probably was one of the things that hurt the Ant-Man movie a little bit. James Gunn always got some funny bits in there. Yeah. The real winner is the the Rocket Raccoon backstory. Mm. Excellent. Excellent stuff. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I tell you, I watched Nathan Fillion in that movie for 10 minutes and he could still play Nathan. Oh, if they continue to miss that opportunity, I'm going to be fucking fuming because he's missed it. He's still he's still the man for it, in my opinion. I uh, stumbled across a Canon picture with Chucky Norris, Firewalker. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> How was that? Yeah, it was. You know. Is he similar to Artie? Doesn't know how to set up a punchline. The big problem with him is they've got him yucking it up with Lewis Gossett, who's a better actor. Yes. But Chuck just seems unnatural when he's trying to have banter. I don't understand. Why not? Why wouldn't you loosen up a bit? I don't know. Like, you fuck, you don't have to kick see... anyone's ass, mate. Yeah, you wait until you see... Oh, well, you probably won't see it. No, I won't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll send you a couple of minutes of uh, Chuck and Lou dressed as priests fucking yucking it up over some bloke who's supposedly dying. But this <laughs> is the thing. Chuck should lean into that. Yeah, yeah, but he can't. He can't. And he's capable of stretching like that. No, he <laughs> can't. He can't act. I so, think yeah. Um, Acting's a foreign concept. I <laughs> guy. <laughs> uh, so I then, I then continued my fucking death <laughs> dive into the depths, and I came across another Barbarian Brothers picture, uh, Adam. Uh, holy shit. This Adam, one was the Barbarian. As I said to you, I didn't realise I had more than one picture. <laughs> I had a couple, yeah. Fuck. This one was the Barbarian. The Barbarian. So this was the sword and sandal. Sword, sword and sandal affair <laughs> with their kind of cheeky humour. <laughs> so you're telling me those two buttholes are good. <laughs> Like gags, a gag and a sword and epic yeah, in loincloths. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. And he, you know, one oh. of them making silly noises when he's getting horny and things like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sees a group of girls and stuff. Why is that noises. comedy? That happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's a circus whistle whenever I get. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about him actually making these noises. Booting. <laughs> 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 Shit. I mean, admittedly, if I cut my own dick off, I won't be able to get any of that. <laughs> so I better shut up about that. <laughs> I tell you, I got to the end of the movie and I was like, look, 
I did I did a little bit of scrolling. It's one of those ones where I saw, I'd see someone, I'm like, fuck, where have I seen them? So I'd jump yeah. on IMDb. So you didn't really pay much attention Well, I did. I, I paid a bit of attention, but there was there was sequences of it where I got to the end of it, and I was... I think it was a combination of that and just being numbed, my senses being numbed by Firewalker <laughs> and the Barbarians. <laughs> I was just like, what, ha- what just happened? What has happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to stop. I've got to stop it. <laughs> I jumped then into the Michael J. Fox doco on Apple Plus. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the right? first thing I've ever watched on Apple Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Well, at least it's worth watching. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Of course it would have been. Obviously, the guy's perspective on life is, is hugely fucking inspiring. You know, he's been fucking I guess knocked for six. Be. Yeah, he's been knocked for six and he basically just just keeps on going. And I think the, the the interesting part of this one is you see all the positivity, but you see you see some cracks in this one. Mm. Like he's fucking, you see him dealing with, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, this is fucking hard. And they show some moments that are hard. They show this one bit where he's, it's kind of encapsulates the highs and the lows. He talks about walking because he still fucking tries to walk at pace. They show him fucking, you know, charging out of his house. And he gets on the streets of New York and he's fucking charging and he's one of his sort of physical therapists is kind of walking with him. But And, you know, this woman walks past and she says, Mr. Fox, how you going? Or something like that. And he kind of turns. And he falls over. He just says hello and he fucking falls over. Yeah. He hits the deck and the lady just kind of goes, oh, shit. You know, and goes to help and he's like, I'm all right, I'm all right. He jumps up and then he kind of just smiles at her and he goes, you knocked me off my feet and kind of just keeps on going. Yeah. And you just you just get the highs and the lows. But, yeah, I just find his perspective on the whole thing because he's one of those stories where he just fucking had the world at his feet Yeah. and then just hit with this kind of tragic circumstance. But he sits there and goes, I don't want you fucking, you know, I don't want your pity, I don't want no, I've this had and a, that. I've had a great life, whether, whether or not, you know, it, it's going to end prematurely, yeah. if it will. And he has. He has had a great life. Yeah, and they show some of his family life too and, you know, just the normal stuff, like his kids telling him, we fucking, we fucking text you and then we don't hear back for days. <laughs> he's there, well, he's there, there going, well, I fucking, I put a text together and then I read it and it's too fucking wordy and <laughs> so then I forget to send it and then your mother gets in my ear and <laughs> next thing you know, I haven't sent a message back in four days. Like, uh, he's, him and his wife have been together for years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think he, he tells some pretty cool stories about how she basically told him, you, you know, not in these words, but your, your fucking shit stinks, pal. Like, yeah, yeah. don't think you're king shit. And he basically said, that's that's what I needed. That's, yeah. That hit me. Well, she's obviously fucking had to deal with a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was in there. So here's where we really get into the weeds, Adam, because I acquired, I acquired access. Here! Here is where we get into the fucking weeds. You just told me to watch Firewalker and Barbarians. Holy shit. But then it I, can't get any lower, can it? Yes, so it can't get any lower, but I acquired access. Yeah, I acquired access to a new crop of films, Adam. Okay, so, okay, okay. So, we so kicked, what was in there? Well, we kicked off with Phantasm. Okay, well, with, yeah, with some a, Joe Bob commentary. That's all right. Phantasm was solid. Three and a half for me. Three and a half. I, you know, I'm going out with a score for that one. Just, but I, I, uh, I remember just looking at it, going, "This is pretty weird." Mm. But having Joe Bob kind of always make something, a, something a bit, bit more interesting. But I actually really enjoyed it this time. Street Fighter, Van Damme. Oh right. I, I jumped back into that. Mate, Raul Julia is having a fucking ball in that movie. I know, and the poor cunt's fucking sick. Yeah, he was. He was. That's the worst right part about at, that. Yeah, he was right at the he, end. That was the end of his. That was he died after that. Yeah, but fuck me, it was just a prime example of 
Yeah, this this fucking game's really popular. So let's turn it into a movie that's got fuck all to do with the game. I mean, I know you needed a plot, but they stuffed all these fucking yes. characters that were not even anything like. And I, you know, I, since you get a bit more of a description, like I, I believe Stephen D'Souza started wrote the script and said, "Look, we got to we got to go with six of them. Yeah, we can't have more characters. Yeah, and give them anything." And then to of do. course Capcom and Capcom kept coming back and said, "Let's make this person." You know, let's squeeze them in. So yeah. we turn this character that was never the character. So this is how we end up with fucking Balrog and E. Honda as fucking cameramen for Chun-Li and all this sort of... It's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pure bullshit. Pretty board. Well, the movie sucks, but then if you had any affinity for the games... You fucked that up. You, can't, you fucked that up as well, so no good. Uh, I, I watched Smile. Hmm. Quite enjoyed it. Yep. Quite enjoyed it. It's one of those ones where the the you know what it's trying to represent the metaphor and whatever is pretty pretty clear, but it it wrung a couple of pretty good scares out of there. And Kevin Bacon's daughter was quite yeah, good in the lead. Yeah. I got onto The Exorcist three. This is I've heard good things. Yeah, or is it weird? She's a little weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> the one with George C. Scott. Yeah, very wordy. Very, very good acting performances. Excellent acting performances. But she gets a bit strange when we start tossing out this scenes where it's cutting from the guy that played Father Karras. Father Karras cutting to Brad DeRiff as the same person and shit like this that, that starts to lose you a little bit and then they start squeezing in characters that that weren't in there before to try to hit the exorcist part. Oh, okay. Which, again, you know, you go into the backstory and it came from producers saying, we need an exorcism. (laughs) 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 We're we're not going to call it this anymore. We're going to call it Exorcist 3, so we need an exorcism. Because they were going to call it Legion, weren't they? Yes. And, look, I liked it. I thought it was was quite good. Okay. I would check it out if I was you. Well, definitely better than Exorcist 2. Yep. A bit of Rob Zombie fair. The Monsters. Oh, you did watch The Monsters? I watched The Monsters. What was it like? I'm going to give the, the bloke a little bit of credit. He's done a really good job of trying to capture the tone of, of the show. Yeah. And I thought the performances were quite good. Even his wife, who I've had been critical of in the past, I yeah, thought she, yeah. she did the job. Yeah. But the big problem for me is, and I don't know whether it's trying to stick too close to the tone of the original, and I think it probably is, but the gags just aren't funny. I don't think I laughed once. Right, that's, that's, so good. that's a real problem. Is it meant to be a comedy? Yes. Yeah, because it plays just like the old show. Right. So I don't know. This is where I look at things like you know how they played the original Brady Bunch movie and how they how they how they did something like Twenty One Jump Street and say that's that's the way you got to deal with yeah. some of this stuff sometimes. Take the piss. I know he loves the monsters, and I think that shows. Uh, I didn't have as many problems. Some people talked about how cheap it was and how it looked. Was that on uh, Netflix? Yeah. That was the big problem for me. Was I just it just wasn't funny. Full Moon feature, or I think it was Empire at the time, perhaps Zone Troopers. Number of cast and crew from Trances. Tim Thomason. Tim Thomason. Good to have him back. Art Lafleur. Art Lafleur. <laughs> yes. You said it was one of the better ones, didn't you? Yeah. Well, it's a really cool idea, and it's got that guy that stopped acting. He was in. Um, He's a, he's a director one? now. He's a director You've been in an empire I mean, the guy that was, the guy that was actually putting a reasonable career together and then stopped acting, but now directs things like uh, HBO shows and shit okay, like that. Yeah. Um, Timothy Van Patten. Oh, yes. He yes, was yes. in The White Shadow and yes, he was yes. in Class of 84 and a, a really good actor. But the idea is just cool. It's just basically like World War Two, 
they stumble across an alien in the fucking midst of the battle. Which, yeah, I think the the shortcomings of the budget and stuff come up a little bit. But, yeah, I had fun with it. Okay. I watched Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool way to, to go about it. Like, the whole idea that he parodied other people's music, so we're going to parody all these music biopics and fucking make it up is a good idea. They stretch it too far. Like, yeah. when, when it's involved in the music industry and him fucking, you know, getting struck with inspiration to write My Baloney and stuff like that, <laughs> it's quite funny, but then it just goes way <laughs> too far and starts trying to squeeze in this action movie stuff, and I was just like, yeah, I get the idea, but it's it's not working for okay. me. So, yeah, I would, I would check it out if you've, you know, if you're stuck on a plane like I was and yeah, that was on there. Enough. Another DC effort, Batman and Superman, the Battle of the Super Sons, the one based around their kids. Good fun, if you like that stuff. This is the big ticket for me. Well, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. The Wishmaster series. Oh. I watched all of them. Oh, God. (laughs) One through four. One is better than I remembered, and I think it's mainly because there's some really cool practical effects in there. That's directed by one of the... K and B guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Robert Kurtzman. <laughs> yeah. the, the 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 premise for the 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 gin is pretty sound. Yeah, like it's just we're going to create all these fucking gruesome kills based on you know the, the old fucking monkey's paw, like you know, careful what you wish for, yeah. sort yeah. of thing. That all works, and I like the way that they squeezed in. You know, fucking, you've got Freddy, you've got a Jason, you've got the Candyman, you've got one of the guys from Phantasm yeah. that are all involved. So, one and two were actually more fun than I recalled. One's better. Hmm. You know, it's another case, something like Hatchet. I think what you about three? I think you might have mentioned Hatchet, but it's the same sort of thing where it's you're pushing for that territory and it's clear that you love that shit, but you're not quite in that category. Yeah. Three is a fucking travesty. <laughs> I mean, if Sean Connery quit acting after the fucking League of Extraordinary Jason Gentlemen, Connery. Jason Connery should have fucking quit acting after this one. That's I mean... Sean Connery would have slapped him. Oh. <laughs> it's just it's just it's low budget. It he doesn't do a whole the, lot with the ideas. He plays the wishmaster. Gin, yeah, oh. he's he's the kind of body that gets taken over by the gin. Oh Fucking disaster. What about four? Four was slightly better, but again, very low budget. <laughs> it actually tries to come up with a couple of ideas of how to fucking get the gin, you know, fucked over by his own kind of what he's got to get out of it. Which is a small win for the for the picture in a fucking in a, in a, in a, <laughs> a sea of shit. It's in a, a sea of shit, yeah. Okay, okay. So that was not good. No. Um, and to finish it off, I finally watched Creed three. Yep. Really enjoyed it. Mm. Really enjoyed it. I think it's definitely on par with part two. And I hate to say this, but like, obviously, if if what is Jonathan Majors is being accused of is very serious, and if, if it comes out that it's all legit, then the guy's got some... He's got some shit to answer to. Yes. But looking at it just at an acting point of view, yeah. Yeah. if he does not get roles again, it's going to be one of the great fucking what-ifs because the guy is just such a good actor. Yeah. So if, yeah, I would hate to see that he's ruined his career by being a fucking Jeez. asshole. Yeah. The outside of it, and I hope there's a small part of me that hopes that it is just a case of this is actually isn't true, 
but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not super confident around that. I think no. it's going to be, it's going to turn out that he's done some shitty things, and he's going to have to, going to have to face the consequence of that. Mm. And I finished it off with I rewatched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Half in, in readying for readying to go and see across the Spider-Verse, which I did. Yeah, fucking phenomenal. Yeah, okay, the package deal. I actually. I mean, I, I think they're both excellent, but the new one was just fucking spectacular. And I think it's pretty clear that based on these two, it's clearly the best two Spider-Man movies out there. So I'm really, really keen to see what they're going to do with the next one because this okay. one was fucking excellent. So Awesome. Yep. <laughs> I actually forgot one that mm. I, I, I only watched today. Yeah. I went back and watched Wrong Turn. The original 2003. one? 2003. Yeah. That thing is a svelte 75 minutes. Yeah. She's yeah. quick. Yeah, it held up all right. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it works out okay. I saw the remake was there, and I was just like, fucking hell, that was a real missed opportunity, that one. Mm. Started well, and then when we find out why they're being, what they're being stalked by, I remember just laughing. Yeah. And the cinema just going, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And then it spends another hour fucking around with that lot. Mm. So the re- remake, the original is lean and mean and just simply the hills have eyes. Yeah. Just in the forest. Yep. Which so, works to a Yeah, it works, works to a degree and, and I felt worked pretty well. All right, quick up or down, Jared, so we can yes. get in this film. Yep. The Meg 2, the <laughs> Trench trailer. Yeah. Debuted a couple of weeks back. Yep. This one's directed by Ben Wheatley, who directed Free Fire and obviously stars Jason Statham. This is a big down for me. The mm. whole thing just looks fucking ludicrous. And don't get me wrong, I hope they lean into it. That To me, that's the only way to, to save a movie like this. You, yeah. you lean into the absurdity of it. Yes. And you play it for laughs. Mm. But the trailer looks ridiculous. And and the Meg's not even a very good movie. The original no, Meg. Not. So here we are. Cranking out a sequel to a, sh- a, a a mediocre film just because it made a shitload of money. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm a down too. It just the start of it looks okay. It sets up just one of those classic sort of here's a couple of minutes of what we're tossing out. This is this is the big bad right mm, here. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I remember you just recently watched the the. The first one and said it was a little better than you'd. you'd no, it was. It was a little more fun. <laughs> I just thought it was just fucking just forgettable nonsense. Like regardless of whether it's got Jason Statham in there or not, it's no better than this shit that's going straight to. I mean, more man eater. Well, exactly. I mean, I said I think I said it to you. I thought I enjoyed Deep Blue Sea three more than the Meg. Oh fuck you! Yeah. And so I watched this and I'm like it's just it looks like it's going to be the same thing the only thing I, the same with you I got a few vibes of Piranha 3D yeah. where you see the people on the boats at the beach and stuff but they did that in the first one it was only fucking a couple of minutes of the movie Yeah. and I, I see them fucking swanning around underwater in what looked like fucking space suits yeah. and I'm, I just get bad vibes and also there's three Megs I mean yeah. for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Once again. Does that mean we're gonna to have to go we're gonna have to sit for an extra half hour? It's gonna be longer? Oh yeah, definitely. It'll be fucking two and a half hours, man. Oh, I don't I don't want to do that. No, I don't either. I do not want to do that. I mean I haven't even seen it and I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually want to go near it. But 
And once again, I come back to it's been 45 years since Jaws was made, and fuck, we still can't even. You know what? We haven't spat in the fucking <laughs> no, direction no. of Jaws in those 45 years. Correct. Like, I mean, this you know, is the You said to me, why are we making this? And I said, because of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> still. But that's the thing that gets to me, Jared. Are you telling, like, Jaws is a. Oh, look, Jaws is one of the greats, right? One of the absolute greats. Yeah. But we haven't come within a bull's fucking roar of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the only one that I find vaguely interesting of the shark pictures is Jaws 2. <laughs> like, yeah. The rest of them are just know. a shit show. <laughs> fucking unbelievable. All right, let's take a break, Jared. Here's the trailer for 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. Their first night of freedom. He is the most dope guy in school. Yeah, and school's over. Was their last chance. Amanda? To say what they want. God, you're a hottie. Hey, can I see your name? Hey, Do what they feel. Maybe I should wear a hat. Listen here, Hootie. Hootie! And be who they are. I wonder how William was doing at the party. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs! Can't hardly wait. Rated PG-13. Opens everywhere June 12th. Can't Hardly Wait, from 1998. Written and directed by Harry Elephant and Deborah Kaplan, who did Josie and the Pussycats. It's produced by Betty Thomas, who produced I Spy, and Gino Topping, who produced the Fear Street films. It stars Jennifer Love Hewitt as Amanda Beckett, Ethan Embury as Preston Myers, Charlie Cosimo as William Lichter, Lauren Ambrose as Denise Fleming, and Peter Facinelli as Mike Dexter. <laughs> Cost ten million dollars and was and made twenty five million worldwide. Mm. Now the fraternity on Trip McNeely's polo shirt is Delta Iota Kappa, so Dick. <laughs> Good, <laughs> pretty funny. <clears throat> now because this is a nostalgia picture for me, just a quick fucking quick look at what was coming out in nineteen ninety eight. Mm. Biggest movie of nineteen ninety eight, highest grossing movie of nineteen ninety eight. What do you think? Fucked if I know. Armageddon. Perfect. Saving Private Ryan. Yep. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. There's something about Mary. Deep Impact. Lethal Weapon 4. All of them came out in 1998. There you go. Interesting crop of yep. pictures. So, <clears throat> let's dive in. What was your take on this one, re-watching? Oh. I, look, it was the same as you, like... There's a, obviously quite a fondness for this movie, so I may be speaking uh, about it in more glowing terms than some people would. I would place myself very much in the, you know, the cult film supporter kind of tag for this one because it has lasted a lot longer than some of those other films and outlasted its kind of box office performance and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's piss funny. Like, it's... It's one of those ones where just start to finish, there's little lines coming out that are just making you laugh from the get-go. The big negative to it is the, the you know, the, the shit regarding Charlie Cosmo's plan and a few of the lines that, that, that don't play very well. And even at the time, I think, we were looking at portions of it going, yeah. Perhaps not. I mean, you, you're just aiming squarely at the gay audience there and kind of just, you know... Not very it was respectful. Kind of homophobic. Yeah. So there was there was there's 
the problems around that are well documented and kind of deserves a bit of criticism for that. Hmm. But I also think in terms of a movie that just spends the whole night at the fucking party and focuses around a handful of characters. I mean, Ethan Embry's supposedly the lead, yeah. but he spends as much time on, on screen as the other people do. Yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't. He's, he really doesn't. After he gets there, he yeah. kind of disappears. Yeah, and period. I love the way that they kind of bring out the characters of you know of William and, and um, Kenny and Denise and that in the party. I think if that that stuff fucking that that works brilliantly. Yes. And so I mean I I still sit there and I probably look at it and say she's a four for me but I'd probably have to drag it down to a three and a half for some of the issues and the and that that crop up. And I know we've got a few to speak about with Preston as well. Yes, yes, agreed. I went for a three. It didn't hold as heavily as well as it used to, but I agree with you. It's pretty much start to finish pretty funny. Yeah. I, too, love the whole idea of the party, the final night of high school, used to very good effects in similar ways in American Pie. They take a similar approach, but it's only the final third that's at the party. Yeah. But this works in that sense, and I feel like it's it's funny throughout. It's It actually gets reasonably... Decent mileage out of the the sort of the final kind of get together of Amanda and Preston. Yeah, I think that works really nicely. But you're right, there are some problems with that. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, where I would never have looked at it this way. Yeah. Now that I see it again, I'm kind of like Preston's behaviour isn't great. Like what he's doing is not great, and I feel like the best part of the film is actually Denise and Kenny. I yeah, think that, that's, I think that that works a treat. Yeah, I think that works. And really I think well, it yeah. works really well, possibly because Kenny and his cronies, who I got a lot of laughs out of, they're played so over the top. Yeah, that it's it's hard to get sort of offended by that. Yeah. And then when we well, finally get to the actual them person, the fucking joke. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. making the joke of them. And then when we actually get to him, and he tones down his bullshit, mm. we sort of see a bit more of him, which yeah. I feel like works really well. Yep. Yeah, I'm agree with you. There's a few little bits and pieces that I didn't like. But overall, three out of five, enjoyable and good fun. Yep. Straight into it, great cast. Oh, A lot deeper than I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A lot of people who are barely in it who have now gone on to have really, really good careers. There's a a solid ten. I reckon there'd be ten actors in there that you could find, possibly even more, that have gone on to have really good working careers. Careers in movies, movies and TV. Yeah, some of them don't even get a line in the movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was uh, solid, very, very solid cast, yeah, it's, and it's funny to go back to. All give reasonable performances. I think it. it they play to their strengths. Correct. I think. Yep. Um, and they they're clearly been you know the actors who have had a bit of typecasting over yeah, the years. Yeah. Yep. But I feel like it works out really, really well. Um, yep. And from that front. Yes. Soundtrack. Bangers everywhere. Yeah. Fucking, it's better than anthems. That's I for mean, sure. fuck yeah. Well, I could have, I would have got out of the fucking place. Yeah. <laughs> you would have had fucking two and a half hours to seethe with rage over performances. And almost you getting your fucking punch up because I wanted to get on the bus ahead of some other boat. <laughs> but, but, but the nineties has not got a great reputation for music. 
No. I think it's fair to say. No. But I feel like this one sort of does a good job encapsulating that period. Yeah. Well, the soundtrack is good. Like, I still go back to the soundtrack occasionally and listen to some of the songs on there, but there's a bunch that are included that aren't on the soundtrack. Yeah. That they squeeze in, and it's like the party, right? Every scene, one of these songs is playing in the background. Correct. And it kind of fits what's going on with the, you know, in that particular sequence. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, and I think I think I think the soundtrack actually gets a big tick for me. Yeah, absolutely. I've always loved the high school film. You know, going back to the John Hughes films of the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And but they were a different time. They were a different breed. Yeah. In a way, the John Hughes stuff was kind of like, and this is a weird hybrid of like higher brow, but then lower brow. At the same time, you know, he kind mm. of he, he kind of mixed a lot of that. They looked at sort of things a little bit differently to this one, whereas yeah. this one's far more kind of loose in 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 the way we're supposed to enjoy ourselves. Yeah, we're supposed yeah. to be like going to a party. Yeah, yeah. And I think they they actually make do a really good job. Yeah, they all, the lead up to it is awesome too, like the whispering through the graduation. Yeah. The little um, into, things about their, their they come up on yeah, screen leading about into it. their yearbook photo yearbook intros, yeah. intros basically. Which that was stuff good. was awesome, yeah. um, and I think that's used to really good effect to sh- to really quickly set up. Bang, party's on, and yep. we're fucking right. And we this. don't need to spend a lot of time getting to know their characters. We do it quickly, correct, at the start, which I think is a really good thing. Yep, and we get a couple of classic kind of you know in that build up. I love the kind of Mike, Mike Dexter's a god. Yeah. Mike Dexter's an, an asshole. asshole. Yeah, <laughs> All that sort exactly. of shit. I can't help but laugh when he's fucking going through his, you know, Mike Dexter through his little project away and he's like, it rained no more there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, an eye patch I wore for a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I beamed me with this. <laughs> I went to a 3D film festival. Uh, I saw no third dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of shit <laughs> is funny. His delivery of that is fucking top notch. And the way we set up that connection between him and Mike Dexter and how they've been he's been being bullied basically yep. the whole time yep and I think that's quite like good now there is a line early on where Melissa Joan Hart keeps roaming the party trying to get everyone to sign yeah yeah, yeah. and she runs into Kenny and says sign my yearbook and he says no time he throws it away yeah and she gra- what's wrong with you people <laughs> it's about the memories or something and one of his buddies turns to her and goes bitch get a life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was in stitches. My yeah. wife said it wasn't that funny. I said, well, yeah, well, well I, mean, was... I disagree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those two, they're up and down through the movie. Yeah, there are moments when they're really funny. They there are other couple... moments when they're just kind of stupid. Yeah. One of the other ones was I liked when they're fucking pestering some woman to dance and he goes, use me for my <laughs> body, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got his leg up and he's like, yeah, that's not She just fucking walks away. Like, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, yeah. There are moments when they suck, <laughs> yeah, but there yes. are a number of moments when they're really good. Yeah. And, go. I mean, Seth Green's character, while he's fucking playing that stuff, is highly amusing. Yes. Like... There's a couple of lines that are just... I mean, I've been quoting those fucking things for years. 90%. 90%. 90%. 90%. 90% of women with class or sex. What shall I do? Yeah. What is it? Which one of you ten lucky ladies? Hey, Kareem, baby, what's up? He fucking walks straight past me. And then you hear his mind, which one are you nine, lovely ladies? <laughs> yeah. I also like the one where he kind of tells Claire Duval, yeah, he's like... He, 
You want dance? Yeah. She goes, I'm allergic to dancing. Yeah. She walks off. And then he kind of looks at a friend and throws out the fish he wants. Yeah, that still makes me fucking piss myself. And again, that comes down to Seth Green's like performance. His delivery in the way he does His delivery of some of them. Especially when they start telling, you know, his friends start saying to him, what two holes, Kenny? Where, where's the two holes? Yeah, why are you going to waste my flavour? Why are you going to waste my flavour? Still funny. I've got to be honest with you. Love Burger. So that good. is my so favourite part of the entire <laughs> fucking movie. The whole you've line. Got, you've got uh, Donald Faison. You've got fucking Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer, and that whole thing about you know why you're wearing the shirt. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, if he's going to wear the shirt, I'm going to wear the hat. <laughs> and he says, Hootie, he's calling him Hootie, and he's calling the fucking white artist formerly known as Prince yeah. or whatever. I think I still, even to this day, I still find the, anybody order a love burger? Well, well done. done. <laughs> I still find that. I don't know why. I just fucking burst Brilliant. out laughing. We actually, at the, t- you know, it wasn't, at the period where this was, where we were still watching this shit regularly, you know, I lived with, you know, a couple of blokes in a yeah. house for a while. We played some instruments. We, yeah. we were kind of going towards possibly playing some gigs and shit like that. And we said, what do we, you know, if we do, what are we going to tell? And love Burger. We decided, yeah, we've got to, it's got to be Love Burger. <laughs> and we have to say, anybody order a Love Burger? Well done. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I also love that bit where they're like, what does he say? Something about... I can't remember what the line is, but then the response from Bregan Meyer is, that's not what your mother said. Oh, yeah, yeah. In your bed. You're a no-talent posturing little smurf or something. Something <laughs> your girlfriend said last night. In your bed. That's <laughs> <laughs> so he rips his little fucking... Yeah, he's coming back <laughs> off and fucking hell. Then he's like, you guys are unprofessionals. And then he falls on the stage. Like, that shit is great. Yeah, like, it's it. fucking love awesome. It. I believe Breck and Meyer was supposed to be Kenny initially. That yeah. Was the, he was going to be Kenny, and then and I think there was Donald Faison and Seth Green got in because he was dating Deborah Kaplan. Right, okay. I think so. He put them up for the roles, and and the reason why they, I think, Breck and Meyer had something else on or something like that, so he yeah, couldn't do 54, it. So they, yeah, so they like just that. put him into this this small role here. But it fucking works. It's great. So it's great. It's really great stuff. Yeah. What about? Uh, I still love, you know, getting on to fucking William. Going into the party with his little card. Yeah. Oh, Don't shit. touch the beer. <laughs> the beer has gone bad. The beer has gone bad. And then again, one of these lines where it just comes from off camera, you hear somebody go, tastes fine to me. It tastes like beer to me. As I said to my wife, though, I've had a fair bit of fucking experience with getting shit-faced. <laughs> and nobody on their first time gets as drunk as he got and still handles it reason- as well as he does. Like, I don't know no. about you, but I get fucking blind and end up, you know, passed out at something. Oh, mate, the first time I got on it was fucking... I was drinking tequila for some reason. I walked out of the party somehow. Walked? Yeah, yeah. But I think I was a little bit... I can't feel my legs. Yeah. I had no legs. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, um, was it, were you one of those guys that in your mind... I, put, I'll put it to you this were way. Were you like Homer Simpson? Uh, I'll put it to you this way. If I had started singing Paradise City that night... No one's coming along with me. No, no, no. <laughs> like, you were like Homer Simpson. 
were having a couple of drinks at the gentleman's club. Say <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. So it was something like that. <laughs> but there's a couple of scenes that I wish we could see too. Yeah, I know, yeah, it's something you remember. Kenny's preparation getting late for getting laid in the bathroom. Piss funny. Stretching. Where he's preparing, yeah, he's stretching, he's reading the Kama Sutra. He then spills something on his fucking pants. <laughs> he gets the yeah. he gets the hair dryer, <laughs> and we go. That's kind of like that's ah! kind of like humping it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, also, uh, just prior to that, as I said to you, there was a couple of really, a couple of lines that just get tossed out. By I also no noticed one. his scented candle was lit. Yeah, in yeah. Too. But just before that, just before he runs upstairs, and there's a, there's that long toilet line. There's another one of these lines that just comes from nowhere that. That some guy yells out, "Let's go and pee in the pool," because the lines. And everyone fucks off. I mean, that's the low brow you're talking about. I know, but that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Now, this is where I feel it gets at its best is when Kenny and Denise are trapped in the bathroom together. Yeah. I think that stuff works really, really well. Mm. And in fact, you feel like you don't want to go away from it. Yeah. And it's. I think the part of it there is it's relatable because they start talking about... They st- you start connecting it to fucking people that you've spent time with in primary school, as mm. we would call it. And by the time they, they, you were in year 12, you fucking barely know. Correct. But you didn't even talk to some of these people anymore. And I thought it was a really interesting way of looking at it, the way that sort of she sees it as he he dropped her off and he sees it as, well, she, you dropped me off. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- th- Doesn't th- really put anyone, put put the blame on anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking kids growing up. and Correct. Yeah. So I kind of, I really think that's that's the, the key part. Yes. Of, of the of the piece and I think that actually works the best yeah and I sure. do have a good I have a real big like for what's happening with Mike Dexter strangely enough yeah, because yeah. I feel like his character is underdeveloped because there isn't much to him no because he's just a big dumb idiot yeah but if you look closely at it he's already falling out yeah you can see it like his buddies well, won't leave their missuses people are already looking at this guy going he's not King shit. Yeah, yeah. He's just, you know. He comes into the party slapping hands. Yeah. And then by midway through it, he kind of weirdly dances over to try and get, talk to one of the blokes about dumping their missus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they kind of won't. Yeah. Even though they sort of say they will, they won't. No. And the it's because. talking about the fucking mirrors on the ceiling. Yeah. The and then there's the a Pearl Jam concert. And it's kind of like, so Mike Dex is no longer cool. Like yeah. It's just basically they've decided, well, we're not going to do what Mike Dexter wants because we actually don't have to Yeah. anymore. It's starting to already work around to that kind of, you know, you're looking at the looking at it from a real-world perspective. And yes. This person's just... And even though you kind of see them together again at the end, the sort of the scroll that explains where he's at kind of fits the bill as yeah. to what was going to happen. Yes. And the Trip McNeely... The Trip McNeely thing, as funny as that scene is, because I love that. I think Jerry O'Connell is fucking awesome in that sequence. He's only in for three minutes. But even what he says sort of foreshadows Mike Dexter. Yeah, it's just basically laying it on the line. This is where you're going to be. You're going to end up being me. (laughs) And you think I'm cool. Yeah, but, I'm but not. Mike Dexter still looks at him like he's cool, yeah, and yeah. Trip McNeely's getting a bit of a buzz. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. Trip McNeely's I'm, I'm back in the small pond, you know. Yeah, like. yeah. 
But that that sequence is fucking. Hey, Woody goes. She's now dating a pre-med. They're they all, all pre-med. Are. <laughs> That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was oh, just like, yeah, so yeah you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I can't even get digits from, from as, as, as a freshman. freshman. I loved it when he, as you said, one of your favourites when he starts. There's women around here still speak like, about you. This is a sexual icon. This girl should still speak about you. Oh, yeah? Which one? <laughs> 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 it shows the back of the fucking But I also confetti. love the opening to that is Trip McNeely. Yeah, Trip McNeely. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, Trip McNeely. Yeah. Like, I love that idea. He's got a stupid fucking name. Like, it's just yeah, yeah. everything about he's Trip McNeely. And yeah, and fast. And then fast. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just a dickhead. Like, but then he also, I also think, like, I always thought the end line wasn't as funny when he's talking about the fucking, you know, flip flops in the shower. But then when you pair it with. Yeah, he goes, the best advice I can give you. Yeah, get back with that chick. And he's given some... He starts to get a little deep. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, if I could give you some other real good advice, we'll have flip-flops in the shower. <laughs> yeah, right? I got warts on my He walks off. But I, 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 I like that whole idea that he's looking at this mirror of himself. Yeah. He's seeing exactly what he is. Yeah. And he yeah. still thinks that guy's cool. But yes. even Trip McNeely's telling me, telling him, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> honestly, I'm a dickhead. Yeah. So I really like that scene. I think that for some reason it works on, on a couple of levels because yeah, it's funny, cool. but it also has a little bit of that. Yep, love and knowingness about the Paradise City sequence always makes me laugh. Yeah, quite. It's funny. cool because you you roll out the gunners from the eighties. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. great stuff. But then, <laughs> when the bloke starts dancing, yeah, he starts going like, "Yeah, I'll be the band." Yeah. And then he starts like, "Woo!" Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking gyrating. He fucking loves and then it. he gets fucking bumped. This out is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> he gets hit in the fucking head or something. But I really like it because it kind of then encapsulates William almost becoming king shit. He's become yeah, yeah. Mike Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that as well. And my final like, I just think the ending, even though I've got some dislikes about Preston's, but, like, the way Preston goes about what he's doing... Yeah. The ending where she comes to see him at the train station and he realises she's got the letter... Yes. And he he goes, oh, shit, you know, I, I, I rewrote that so many times, you know... I, and he's kind of like he's apologising for what he's what he's put in it. Yeah. And she just goes, thank you. Hmm. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that... And, and that's a sweet moment between them, and I think the actual whole sequence between the two and the two, the acting of the two of them is really, really good. And yeah. it works. It yeah. sells the end of it really well. Yes. I think it's... As you said, there's a few criticisms to, to, to talk about with Preston, but the way that the movie kind of plays that and the way it, where it ends up yep. all works out really well yeah. yeah like it works beautifully for a teen movie kind of and he is the good guy like that's the thing We, and this is where it's hard with looking at his behaviour and what he does yeah he's meant to be the good guy because all the all the other guys around Amanda are all sort of Sleazy, or they're trying to get something out of her. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Wouldn't you job your fucking second cousin? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, that was weird. That guy was that's a bit weird. But 
I felt like the ending kind of capped it nicely. Yeah. I think, I don't know, obviously in the movie we get painted the picture that Preston's actually a genuine guy and all this sort of stuff. When you look at it, it doesn't actually look that way. No. But, and that's because we don't have any preparation before it. Yeah. So that's the, that's the bit where the that quick intro... Does your own prep? I don't think if we saw much more of what was going on with him, it still wouldn't have looked all that great. No, it wouldn't have looked great. But yeah, when you take it on the terms of this is a teen movie, he is actually you know he's the he's the guy that we're supposed to be in line with. He is easy to kind of yeah side with because you see him with the scenes with Denise where you get the sense that he actually is a genuine guy. This sort of stuff. But yeah, we'll talk about the the. The negatives to that. Have you got anything else? No, I think we think we pretty well covered it. I mean, there's a there's a lot that I could. There's a lot of lines and shit that we oh, yeah. just keep going back to. But yeah, very very funny stuff. I think. I don't have a lot of dislikes. Strangely enough, for, a, for, a, for, a, for a three three out of ten out of five. Mm. But I'm just going to come straight to it. Preston does not know this girl one iota. Has not no. spoken to her. Has no connection with her. Has been in a couple of classes with her. She we doesn't don't even, know who he she is. She does not know him. Yes. So, what he's doing is basically what stalkers do. Yeah. It's just fine, kind of, kind of gazing from afar without having and spoken being to the girl. Infatuated with somebody. Yes. And saying that, I think does he say he's in love? He does. That's not good. No, that's right. right? So. So looking at it from the, a different sort of perspective is that that's not enough to get where we get to. Yeah. So if I'm enough. looking, if I'm looking at it with what I think the filmmakers are going for and trying to give them credit for the things that they got right, it's like the character. It does take you back to those high school days when your world was just this group of people that you were yeah. seeing every day, and so there's this sense of. You know, he he doesn't realise that there's there's all this other stuff out there. He's, you know, you you have your whole world is this this school and a handful of people really, and you have your high school crushes and all that sort of shit. But the flip side to that is, as you said, she doesn't know his name. It's like he's never spoken to her. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't says spoken that. to her, and the stuff that he's going on with. For someone that hasn't spoken to the girl, he's fucking full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they yeah. paint him as a guy who's smarter than this and who's, you know, friends with someone like Denise who would be telling him, come on, fuck. Yeah, yeah what are you doing? You don't even know the girl. Like, exactly. Denise would have been putting him in his place and saying, you don't do this. Yeah. So talking about her like, you know, oh, my heart stops and all that sort of shit, it's like, mate... <laughs> You don't know you don't her, know so you her. don't. So in real life, the film would end with the fucking spray she gives him outside the party. Yes. Like you fucking want something just because you say this, you want me to fucking drop my clothes. But basically. this is the thing, Jared. This is where the movie goes wrong. That you're you're basically saying that, and and she gets all fucking worried when she realises he's the one she sprayed. Yeah. yeah. Because of the letter. Yeah. But the simple fact of the matter is that doesn't fix that. It doesn't change that. No. You you don't know me. The letter from someone that you don't know and haven't spoken to would be equally concerning. Correct. And we, we're supposed to believe Amanda is a smart cookie. Yeah. You know, like, 
they initially play her as being kind of like one of the in with the girls, the those those sort yeah, of yeah. girls that are a bit sort of superficial and that, but yeah. she's not. But her radar would be onto your yeah, and your the brand spray, of shit, and the, yeah, and your the spray that you got would have been exactly what you probably deserved. Yeah. She'd have fucking sprayed him. She'd have torn up the letter. She'd have left the party going, all of those guys I went to school... Can school go with fuck the themselves. Especially the guy that said, remember when I danced with his suck up? I had the biggest... Big baby, baby, baby we could go. I love the fact that he gives it sort of a length <laughs> thing. Like it's like a foot long. <laughs> Come on, man. I <laughs> 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 Oh, shit. And unfortunately, that's not very well handled. No. And again, people would say you're looking at it too deeply. And and this was... No, the, not really. No, but, but this was the du the, the, the jour from the 80s. That's the hangover from the 80s that started to look a little bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah. And, and it does, but after. it still looks on the nose. Like, watching it again, I just felt like... And we probably just weren't at a time where we would have looked at it and said, well, maybe her and... Preston struck up a bit of a friendship initially when yeah. she got there, but Look, then Mike Dexter came along, he swept her away, and I never got the chance to tell her what I actually thought of her. Yeah, that stuff's that's that's relatable. That's high school crush. But when it goes into the letter and pining for this girl for four years when you've never spoken a word And the whole thing of, um, I was the first person to see her. Um, yeah, we were that, eating the same pastry. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck, yeah, man? That was... Like, honestly... But if you leave it there, if you take out the first person to see it, yeah. if you leave it, she walked into school, she sat next to me and we were eating the same pastry, that works because it's like, oh, there's a connection yeah. here. And then the connection's broken by Mike Dexter sweeping in. I'll take her on the tour. Yeah. Like, that stuff works. When you go into, as you said, I was the first person to see her... There was four years, and I've been pining for and rewritten this letter and all that sort of stuff. That's where it's a little weird. Yeah, I was. Re- I, it's been four years. I never spoke to her. I've rewritten my manifesto five hundred times. I mean, yes. you know, it, it it kind of stinks a little bit of that. Yeah, which I is think it does. which it it kind of sullies it again. Like looking at it again, it makes me sort of a little bit like ah. Uh, that took a little bit out of it. It took a little bit off it. Yeah. And I think back when we first became enamoured with the film we're watching... Oh, I wasn't even I was, thinking about it. Was, it was more like I wasn't looking so much at the relationships. I was too busy laughing at all the gags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So that, but that relationship doesn't work. William's two mates on the roof, mm. they're superfluous. Yeah. Like, we could have done away with that. Yeah, I get what they're trying to go for. They try to go for a few things that are kind of funny, but they're just... And then we're also trying to bring in things like the X-Files and, you know, the whole thing about, in this light, you look like David Duchovny and all this kind of crap. That bit was kind of... <laughs> yeah, that was fucking <laughs> weird. But, but yeah, I, I yeah. feel like there was no need for them. No. And... Yeah. I mean, when you see how it, how, the, how it works, you, and you probably know what? need to go back to the... You could have cut that whole thing about them jumping down on them, chloroforming him and all that. You still could have had Mike Dexter being a nice guy for a second... Yeah. Uh, and those two getting arrested by the cops. Yeah. Just getting arrested, and then Dexter took the blame. You could have still had all that. You didn't have to have the chloroform and the plan and everything. It could have been that William was looking to get Dexter at the party mm. somehow, just get him shit-faced and make him do something stupid. Yep. So there was no need for well, that plan. Well, you kind of need... No, yeah, the plan, you, just, you didn't need someone for him to fucking... 
spill all that shit too at the start. Yeah, okay, but he could have been talking to his buddies then. Yeah. But they didn't need to be involved. And then what they end up doing to them is just kind of fucking... Well, it's like... I mean, if it's two dudes that (laughs) that want to get together, how is that fucking scandalous? Yes, exactly. Especially when a cop turns up at the end and goes, ah, get these sickos out of here. Yeah, that that was poor. Yeah. Very poor. You look at why are you saying that? It's essentially because they're two blokes. Yes. So, so yeah, that, and that that's on the nose. Yeah, that's very much so. That's uh, yeah. It, it's certainly something I look back on back on in one of my one of my kind of favourite movies of the time and think, fuck, I wish this wasn't in here. Yeah. And Frankly. same with the use of the term fag. On yes. several occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I even think, though there's one where I've forgotten it was more. I laugh at the the way that 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 one is delivered. The, the one Dexter with Mike Dexter, one. and it's another one of these ones that comes from off camera. It's not actually a particular person delivering it. It's just a fucking line. We could have used any word. We though. used any word, and that's still funny. Yes, I because think. we're 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 putting Mike Dexter in his place. Yeah. Like you could have had the person say "dickhead" yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that, and him, everyone giggling at him, and him saying, "I'll kick everyone's ass in this room." Like that's where the, the laughs come from. That yes, but yeah. there's no use. There's probably no need to use the term "fag." Yeah, a product of the time. Because yes. I remember, you know, at that time that was still going around school. Yeah, you know, people would still use that word pretty freely, and it's like we know better, we do better, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. I wish I wish that wasn't particularly in there. Yeah. Also, when I look, look when you look back at it, the story of you know the two leads coming together, it's actually one of the weaker parts of the movie. Like it's 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 not a particularly high quality story. It's not a particularly complex story. No, but it's the reason that the movie works is because they handle the characters of the party so well. I think. Yes. I think that's why it it all because it was just strictly about. Preston, Preston's unrequited love for Amanda. Yeah, we'd be in deep shit. Yeah, and we'd it's be like in trouble. You put, you put that together, and you know, you, you, when you take the party away from it, it's like guys like the girl for four years. We spoke about the problematic elements of that. Goes to the party, sees everyone hitting on her, fails to or <laughs> makes the move at the wrong time, gets a spray, comes back later, and she's back around to it because she's read the read letter. letter. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But it's all the shit that the fact that they got all of the main characters, and I think the great part of the movie is that they spent so much time with each character. I think if they had have ended up spending more time with Preston and Amanda, the movie's worse worse for it. Well, the movie's on... It's not really that interesting Mm. because there isn't a lot there. Maybe would have learned more about each character... But yeah. it would have been something where she, she, you know, she was the girl that had had her, had issues at home or whatever the fuck, you know, how they usually do go with these things. Yeah. And I think that would have been a debt to its detriment. So I actually feel like they do the right thing by staying away from that as much as they can. Yeah, I think so. The, my last dislike is the scene with Jenna Elfman. Yeah. That's just. It seems like it's from another movie. It's. Kind of like a way to kind of again try and tap into Preston's love for Amanda. Yeah, but it doesn't work. I actually look. I don't mind it. I, I, watching it back this time, it's not as it's not not as that long, long as I recalled. Yeah, and I actually like the part where she sits down and tells him the Scott Bayo story, Scott Bayo story, and then yeah. finishes it up with like, if you if you love Barry Manilow, you get back on that phone yeah. and kind of. And she's like, hang on. No, that's no, no, no. the one part where they they kind of you know he goes, oh no no no, and she's like, hey, 
a Scott Bayer, we've all got our things. Like yeah. it's it's kind of. I feel like I guess I feel like it's not that useful. For me. Well, it's useful, f- I guess, from the perspective of he's fucking. I mean, he doesn't really need to leave the party, I guess. But it's it's the fact that he does leave the party goes to the whole Barry Manilow thing. I, I think as a way to get him back there. But I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. And, and the her, her I can see why people might not be as. But to, to me, it just felt like we could have done something else with him. We really could have. And I, f- I feel like I, wa- I still wanted him at the party. Mm. Somehow we could have connected him with someone else or something like that who tells him the same shit. Could have been a stoner or a fucking... Or a seagull and his watermelon yeah. that Get provides this. Yeah, mate. I was telling him, see if I invite you to the reunion, Well, man. that's right. Why couldn't he have done the similar thing? Like, it just felt like it It just it took him away from the party yeah. to give him a moment. And look, don't you, I think the Gen- Jen Elfman's good in that scene. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other point to having it, though. I feel like we could have got the same information from someone else at the party because the party is the key element to the whole thing. Mm. Um, look, I like the fact that she was kind of dressed as an angel. Yeah, and like yeah. It's got kind of silly, silly nonsense that she's kind of swooping in when he's fucking at the lowest ebb and yeah. that sort of... But, yeah, I can see why. It just didn't feel right for me because the party is the key. It could have been fucking Melissa Joan Hart. You know, crapping on about memories and all that stuff and, and, and somehow connecting with him on that front. I don't know. But I feel like it didn't... It, it could have... It should have stayed at the party. Because mm. Preston's barely at the fucking party. No. He basically rocks up in, within the first few minutes. Then Denise, him and Denise split off because he's going to go and talk to Amanda. And then we don't see him for ages. Yeah, you're right. So... That I didn't. That didn't go well for me. Have you got anything else? No. No. That was it. Happy? Very happy. Look, it was good to go back to it. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen it in ages. It's finally on streaming. For Christ's sake! Again, a movie from the '90s, unable to get on streaming. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. But overall, I think Can't Hardly Wait still works for me, uh, and I'm glad I watched it again. Yeah. I think that it, it has it, it it shows a couple more little wrinkles that I didn't like, but other than that, I I, I still find it highly amusing. Yeah, definitely. One of my favourite high school films. Oh yeah, very much up in yeah. the the upper echelon for me. Yeah, I think I've gone back to this more than any of the other nineties. Definitely, ones. definitely. I mean, the eighties ones, even the eighties ones, even something like The Breakfast Club, which I still think is good. It's also got its warts. Oh, looking back on it. Well, that contains outright fucking sexual assault. Yes, <laughs> correct. So there are things about this one that I feel like the others don't have. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just a constant... Uh, it has constantly amusing moments throughout. It, does, it never loses that, Yeah. which I think works. But that was Can't Hardly Wait. We will be back to our regular sort of programming mm-hmm. as soon as possible. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, and all the places you get your podcasts. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrillme Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Rate and review us on all the platforms if you can, just so we can spread the word on the this podcast getting it out there. 
keep an eye on the Facebook page to see what we're going to do for our next film. But until then, take it easy, everyone, and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.